Today's episode is brought to you by the Star Draft. Do you feel like you always know the Oscar nominees before they're announced? Or wish you could share just a bit of Meryl Streep's Oscar glory? Well, now you can. It's a little like fantasy football meets the Golden Globes. Experience award season like never before. Sign up today to create or join a league at www.thestardraft.com. That's www.thestardraft.com. Well, I leave this job to Steve, which is a mistake. He can he doesn't see what he's doing apparently because I said to him get some carrots. Right. right. Like a bag of carrots. He orders a crate of carrots. Right. Okay? A crate oh. has arrived of carrots. So, see this? Multiply this by 30. So now we have carrots coming out of our everywhere. And and I am looking only for carrot the dogs going bananas, too. Yeah. Joy, I have made the same mistake Steve made. Carrots. I got 30 dozen eggs recently. 30 dozen, and I thought I was getting three. That's well, even worse. Like, these so, are good well, right? Can I, I freeze I used to carry 30 dozen eggs, and then I got old. Nineteen ninety-seven. Prince William. Leonardo DiCaprio. Madeline Albright. <laughs> which one of them was the most fascinating person, and which one of them was not even on Barbara's list? Three incredible hotties. <laughs> Often featured on the cover of Tiger Beat magazine. (laughs) Okay. 1997. Leo, Prince William, Madeline Albright. I don't think Madeline Albright was featured. And? I think that Prince William was the most fascinating You are half right. The most fascinating person of 1997 was Prince William. And Leonardo DiCaprio was not on the You purposely threw me because you knew that I would think that because of Titanic that he would be on the list. (laughs) And you got me. You got me, girl. (laughs) I thought you were going to be like, he doesn't know who Madeline Albright is. (laughs) Like, he didn't make that one up. No. Yeah. So, like, obviously, Princess Diana died that Mm -hmm. year. And I don't know. I don't know what Madeline Albright did. Honestly. Was elected, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) What a loser. (laughs) I don't know any of her movies. (laughs) Did she sing the theme song for Titanic? I don't think so. (laughs) Okay, so I have one more. 1998, the 10 most fascinating people. Here are the three names. Michael Jackson, Jerry Springer, Mother Teresa. One of them was the most fascinating person, and one of them was not even on the list. I think that Mother Teresa was the most fascinating and I don't think that Michael Jackson was on the list. You are correct. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I guess, like, Mother Teresa died before 1998. Did she? But, yeah, but she still performed a miracle or something in 1998. Like, I think there was a woman who... Okay, yeah, she died in 1997. Yeah, but there was a woman who had a tumor, and the nuns, like, took her in. Like, the Mother Teresa's, like, squad took her in, and then they put a medallion on her Mm -hmm. tumor, and it went away. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big year for her. For her. (laughs) Yeah, which I didn't really realize, like, I don't know anything about the Catholic Church, and but apparently, like, in order to become a saint, you Mm -hmm. have to 
perform all of these miracles yeah that that the pope has to like sign off on yeah and so that was like she she did one <laughs> she did one that year <laughs> so what about you have you performed any miracles lately what's the tea christine well as anyone who listens to this podcast probably heard me talk about or has heard for themselves there are a lot of sirens that are often heard in the background on on my microphone because i live very close to a fire station and i may have in the past sounded like i was a bit irritated or annoyed by its presence and something happened to me this week that um really made me reassess my priorities and also be more thankful than ever to be close to the fire station because there was an emergency in my building yesterday where I woke up to the sound of firefighters banging on all of the doors of my of the buildings on my block and yelling fire everyone out and so we had to evacuate the area there was literally a fire in the building directly next to mine it was really serious there were tons of fire trucks and ambulances standing standing by it felt like when i walked out at 6 a.m it was still pitch blackout and i had only been asleep for like about an hour because i had like not been able to fall asleep the night before so when i went out into like the cold darkness it felt like i was like in an episode of Grey's Anatomy or something. It was truly <laughs> wild. It was like very cinematic and just, it would have been exciting had I not been like terrified for my own life and the lives yeah. of others. So you burned your gym down. That's well, what you're yeah. Saying. So long story short. Um, one I, thing led to another. One thing led to another and um, I burned it down. Yeah. So there was a pretty serious fire. Luckily, I think there were only um, minor injuries and everything else is okay but they're still investigating it because they think it might have been arson why because it started it's so weird it started on the roof of the building and it's like a three-story building and it it's like the building itself is directly next to mine but i don't share a roof with them thankfully even though the buildings are like attached and so the roof is where the fire started so it burned through the so roof. wait sorry just to be clear yeah the roof the roof the roof is on fire? The roof was on fire, Kevin. Literally. It was somebody called 911, fire burning on the roof. <laughs> Evacuate. So it's like very, it was very terrifying and very shocking and a lot to handle. But I've never been more thankful that the fire station is literally around the corner because they got here so fast that they were able to like handle it and it's mostly fine and none of my stuff was affected other than like I'm a little bit rattled and have a newfound sense of like passion and love for firefighters so that's (laughs) fine that was my takeaway like you will be buying the calendar this year (laughs) I will be buying one for everyone I know (laughs) that's crazy when you you texted me at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I was semi-awake, but I remember, like, picking up my phone, being like, <laughs> who's texting me at 6 a.m.? Like, this can't be good. Yeah. And then I saw that it was you, and I liter- I remember just being like, why is Marie texting me at 6 a.m.? Like, she is so crazy. And then I just <laughs> put down my phone <laughs> and went back to sleep. <laughs> And then, like, an hour later, I read the text, and you were like, I had to evacuate. Yeah. So what's going on with you, Kevin? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) No crisis like that. I am off work for the holidays. and That's exciting. I'm ready to party. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I would like to share with you some view updates Please. if you're open and ready to receive <laughs> i'm wide open okay there's a story connie chung is an icon mm-hmm. she's the star of the undoing and <laughs> she's she's pushing a story right now that is so funny to me she's been on a podcast recently and she was reflecting about her experience when she joined abc news Mm -hmm. during the era of barbara walters prime as well as diane sawyer 
and they were the reigning supreme. And so she went on a, the Los Angeles Magazine's podcast called The Originals, mm-hmm. and her description of her time at ABC is getting some attention, and it deserves some attention because it's very funny. When I went to ABC News, I joined with both Barbara Walters and Diane Sawyer, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. It'll be, uh, you know, three women who <laughs> get get along. And I, I have to I say, Connie, so, when I read about that, so when, I, when, I read the, when I read the press accounts, I mean, that is like going into a shark tank, isn't it? Trying to compete with, yeah. with those two women? Uh, I thought so. It was, I, I was always playing a game of whack-a-mole. You know, I'd pop my head up and one of them would have a, a hammer and go whack and put me down back in my little hole. I want to know. I, well, let's, I want to talk about the. Let me ask you first. Mm-hmm. What does it feel like to be kneecapped? Tell me about being kneecapped by Barbara Walters and tell me about being kneecapped by Diane Sawyer. What, is that, what does it actually look like in, in an office setting? Well, it's, um, it's not unlike what, what Tanya Harding did to Nancy Kerrigan. It's crazy that she said that because that's what I was thinking. I can't believe she said that. It was like Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. I'm shocked. I think people always like like to think of Barbara as like more pleasant than she mm-hmm. actually was. Mm-hmm. Like she actually was like a very tough cookie and like of course she was bashing Connie oh Chung's kneecapping her. You don't get to where Barbara Walters got to in life by oh my god playing. I nice. guess not. I am just upset. I don't know what to do with this information. Well, what about this information? Have you heard that Rosie O'Donnell will be guest starring in the L Word? Yes. Oh my god! I'm so glad you brought this up. I'm so happy, and I'm also. So happy with who she like is rumored to be cast as. She's gonna be guest starring as a person named Carrie, yeah, who's described as a brash yet kind-hearted public defender who is thrust into Bet's life, aka Kamala Harris. Well, yeah, and I think that the so what I was referring to is that previously Tina. Who, who, so Bet and Tina used to be a couple, but in the new show, they're no longer a couple. And previously, Tina had referred to her partner as being named Carrie. So that's why people are like, oh my God, <gasps> is Rosie playing Tina's new partner? And in, the, in, for, in season one of this new series, Tina does show up um, because her and Bet are still co parenting their daughter so tina so is still... not on the show full time no but she's not jennifer she's beals only, like, is exactly but there's still mama b and mama t <laughs> so, but tina doesn't live in la she lives with her partner carrie not in la so i think in this season if people's assumptions are correct that means that tina's partner and, and tina will probably be spending more time in la so rosie will be her partner that is so exciting i don't even watch the show but like <laughs> the idea of rosie playing tina's lesbian partner i know i know it's very exciting i'm very excited i'm so happy rosie clearly has like some friends at showtime because mm-hmm. that's where smilf was at well as well oh, yeah. but she's also set to star in showtime's new show american gigolo yes O'Donnell will play a detective Sunday who worked what seemed like an open and shut murder case 14 years ago when the case is blown open again and she investigates further. She ends up going down a rabbit hole of corruption, lies, and political machinery. So clearly she's loved at Showtime because they they want her in everything. And so that sounds like it's exactly my shit. Like that sounds like exactly the type of TV I want. (laughs) And just more Rosie makes it all the better. It's her and the guy from the first, like the early seasons of The Walking Dead. Like the guy from Love Actually? Uh, I don't know. He's he like was like the sheriff guy. No, 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 no. Oh, it's the guy who was like his best friend who like started sleeping with his wife in like season two mm. and then died okay. early. He's in it as well. I don't know his name. Got it. Very, it's a very informative <laughs> podcast. Okay, I wait. I want to find out who it is because I don't think I know who you're talking about. 
John Bernthal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's in, like, everything. And I think that the show is, like, created by the person who did Ray Donovan, which was a show that Shane from The L Word was on for a really long time. So it's all connected. Yeah. It's all connected to The L Word always. <laughs> Well, there's some other showbiz news that came out recently, which is that Sister Act 3 is confirmed. Yes. Disney Plus announced that we can expect a Sister Act 3 with Whoopi. So Mm -hmm. she finally convinced them to do it, I guess. And apparently Mm -hmm. Tyler Perry is producing it. I'm very excited, but... We've talked when we talked about this before. I made it clear that I was really hoping it would be like a full blown theatrical release type movie, uh, and not just something that gets put on Disney Plus. But you know what? I am gonna take it. <laughs> well, yeah, and also like, what is a theatrical release nowadays? Well, yeah, it's supposed to come out maybe in 2022, and like, who knows if we'll even have a planet. <laughs> in 2022 so they're just saying i should be grateful they're like we're making a movie we know somewhere we can for sure put it yeah (laughs) let's just promise (laughs) that and i'm just happy that like they that Whoopi was able to be like see like people do want to see me like in the sister act people do not want a a reboot of the sister act they want a continuation i saw i don't think they've announced who would be joining her in it but i saw that nicole byer like retweeted the announcement and was like hello (laughs) (laughs) yeah like that's exactly the that's exactly the type of person that i would love to see in it like yes nicole byer you know i initially we originally said tiffany haddish which like that's Mm -hmm. great as well like yeah i would love to see Whoopi reprise her role but also be like ushering in like her the next yeah, a similar character like passing on yeah. yeah and i still think that no matter what the plot it should be called sister act three old habits die hard yeah well that's funny because Whoopi actually was on the cold bear show and she was offering some title suggestions of her own <laughs> 27 years ago sister act two back in the habit that was the yes. subtitle any ideas for a subtitle for sister act three Oh my God, it still fits. Backer in the habit. Backer, blacker in the habit. Oh, that could work. Black in the habit. I like that. Yeah, it's like almost infuriating how <laughs> how my idea is like right there, just waiting to be heard. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to bring something else to your attention, which is, you know, Andy Cohen, he always... He's always stirring the pot. (laughs) So in a recent appearance on Watch What Happens Live, Kenya Moore, who's one of the stars from The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Mm -hmm. she was on the show and Andy asked her, who is your least favorite uh, person that you've ever appeared on Watch What Happens Live with? Mm-hmm. It's very much the same energy as Megan McCain asking me who my least favorite view co-host of all time is. <laughs> yes. And so I guess Kenya replied her least favorite person to be on the show with was Sherry Shepard. <gasps> None other than my fave Sherry Shepard. Oh my God. A guest you were paired with that you would never want to be on with again. Sherry Shepard. I just, that was probably my worst appearance. I thought she was trying to take over the show. Um, she was very arrogant. So, it, Sherry. She was calling you Kendra most of the night, right? She thought she was still on The View and she didn't know she had apparently been fired. The thing that I love about that is that without hesitation, she's, she said Sherry. Like, she did not yeah. have to think about that. So, clearly, Sherry left it. It's something that, like, plagues her. And the other thing that I love is that Sherry was calling her Kendra. <laughs> and that Andy is just like, yeah, she was calling you Kendra most of the time. <laughs> Like, yeah, I get it. Oh, my God. So, uh, I haven't, we haven't mentioned it 
on the podcast, but Sherry Shepard is actually one of the hosts of the radio show Dish Nation now, mm-hmm. like full time. Mm-hmm. And that's like actually kind of a reoccurring like thing on Real Housewives of Atlanta because in the past, uh, I think Claudia Jordan was a host at one point and Portia is a host on the show as well. And now she's Sherry's co-host. Whoa. So this is set like this. I mean, Andy Cohen just like, like I said, stirring the pot, like setting the yeah. stage perfectly for this because he knows that Sherry Shepard will be on Dish Nation with Portia. This uh-huh. will for sure be brought up and Sherry Shepard will respond. And she did. And here it is. I, You know, it was so funny because I was trying to remember when I did watch What Happens Live with Kendra. I was trying to remember. And I, I yeah, wish yeah. Did, yeah. <laughs> I wish that Kendra could pay me to care like she paid those dudes Kendra. to be her boyfriend <laughs> after season 10 oh. before she got fired from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh. I, I just, I, and oh, I do remember taking over because it took so long for you to get a thought out of your head. I had to fill up the Ooh. space. And you, wow. girl, and you know, before oh. I left The View, we won our first Emmy, Kendra. And you know, Ooh. it's never had highest, the ratings have never been higher since I have left. So. There you go, Kendra. Oh. Have a great day. Sherry oh. with the raids this morning. I just yes, got so honey. much to do, Kendra. I mean, I'm working on Dish Nation. I got my other show. I'm writing a book. It's just so much in my head, Kendra. Oh. But I want you to have Ooh. a really nice day. I just got so much to do, Kendra. <laughs> Kendra. Okay, side note. I'm thrilled to hear that... <laughs> One of the things that she has to do is write a book. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a little announcement. Hear more about that. I love, though, that one of the things that she said, because she was like, yeah, that's the year that we, that The View won the Emmy when I was on. And get this, the ratings haven't ever been better since I left. <laughs> it's like, I don't think that came out the way that she intended it to. Yeah, I know. But it's like also... <laughs> but I got it. I got what yeah. she meant. Yeah, yeah, That was a fantastic response. No notes. <laughs> I want to see her in Sister Act 3 with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> yes. Get those slim legs on Disney+. Plus. Hopefully they're not too much for Disney+. Plus. Get them I know under Lizzie a church row. <laughs> right now. Lizzie McGuire was pushing the envelope for Disney Plus, but <laughs> Sherry's slim legs, we can make an exception, please. Yeah. Hello, little hunties. Before we move on, I want to take a moment to talk about all of the fun things happening on our Patreon account. Subscribing to our Patreon will provide you with exclusive access to monthly bonus episodes featuring content left on the cutting room floor, fun and games, and deep dives into the filmography of some of our favorite View co-hosts. So, do you want a little more Deja the View in your life? Then head to the Patreon link in our episode description. And soon, we'll all be having fun. And now, the time has come to talk about... (laughs) Waiting for you to say it. (laughs) Wait, Kevin, sorry to interrupt you. I'm just sweating bullets here <laughs> is there a fire it must be <laughs> it must be hot topics what hot topics are you doing i was really happy with the last two weeks because mm-hmm. not only did we come back to a beautiful holiday set yes. which you know i loved and not only that we got Lots of hot topics. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, no more of this one topic a day. Yeah. Bullshit. Like, we had tons of topics, which is what the viewers want. What do we want? Hot topics. When do we want them? Monday to Friday on ABC. (laughs) Every episode. (laughs) And we were paid a visit by Darlene Love. Yes. Which And it was great like i never really cared one way or the other i love darlene i like when she goes on facebook and is messy but i never really cared until this year when i was like there is a strong chance 
that they won't do it. And this year of all years, I felt like anything that resembled life from the before times, any type of like stability and something to like hold on to and sort of like tradition was so, it was like, I needed it. I was dependent on it. If Darlene hadn't performed, I don't think I would be talking into this microphone today. I would be in bed miserable. No, I think this would have been our last episode because (laughs) like I was very done. I was so, so thrilled to see Darlene. I never knew how much I appreciated Darlene until she showed up on The View. Mm -hmm. Joy was clutching that microphone for dear life. Sarah was doing the most. Oh my God. Sarah was like, Sarah was like auditioning (laughs) as if she's going to sing it next year. I loved her commitment to it. Thank you, Darlene, and whoever organized sending them the microphones specifically for this bit. The props, like the dedication to the illusion that they're like singing as her background singers was beautiful. I yes. re- it did not mm-hmm. like, I, it was not missed on me and I was so thankful for it. There was one part though that um, <laughs> concerned me because obviously everyone's being very safe and Uh, all of the band who was performing with Darlene had masks on but then there was like a saxophone player who came up and did a solo and (laughs) he was like his the whole the saxophone hole was pointed directly at Darlene (laughs) and she was like so close to the hole because it was like a huge saxophone I was like Darlene get away from the hole back away from the saxophone (laughs) hole Someone get the hole away from Darlene, please. <laughs> Just but beyond spewing that, droplets all over Darlene. <laughs> yes. That hole. Beyond <laughs> that small little hiccup, it was a thrill to behold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I meant to talk about hot topics. But <laughs> <laughs> so starting with the crown. Mm-hmm. Can you believe we got a, a hot topic about the crown? I was shocked. Watch the crown and just oh, learn. Yeah. So this season, the latest season, is all mm-hmm. about Charles and Diana's marriage mm-hmm. and the downfall of their marriage and their divorce. Mm-hmm. And apparently there has been some backlash about the crown for the way that it presents their marriage and for the way that it makes Prince Charles look bad. Even, like, government officials have been saying that a disclaimer should be added to the beginning of The Crown to Uh make it explicitly clear that it is a work of fiction. Mm -hmm. And so the question they were discussing is, should The Crown have a disclaimer at the beginning to make it extra clear that it's fiction? It's, like, my personal belief is, like, Have we as, like, an audience in a society gotten so stupid that, like, we need to tell people, like, this isn't real when it's, like, it's actors, like, it's not a documentary, (laughs) it's people acting, like, obviously it's not gonna be word for word exact, exactly how everything played out and creative liberties will happen and that's just, like, what literally historical fiction is as a genre like well that was we gotten stance. to the yeah i'm i'm with whoopi on this one i'm like, with whoopi <laughs> i stand with whoopi unless it says it's a documentary one should assume that it's probably not going to be a hundred percent some accurate. people assume that <laughs> i just don't understand how you could be someone who watches everything else on Netflix and then with this specific show you don't understand that like this isn't 100% real well I don't agree I think like people are that stupid (laughs) (laughs) even more than that I think if you did put a disclaimer on it it wouldn't make any difference people would still yeah take it very seriously that being said I love the crown yeah. Much like Joy, who did a British accent in this topic. Yeah. Well, you know, Ducky, <laughs> it is a very good idea. 
<laughs> wow, thank you. The thing about this season of The Crown is that, like, it's not, and actually the thing about every season of The Crown mm-hmm. is it's not that much a work of fiction. Like That's the other thing. This is, specifically the Charles and Diana stuff, mm-hmm. this is like what Diana said happened. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Diana is not a perfect person, of course. Like, she deliberately went to journalists that were her friends and that would favor her but this is what she said happened and also Mm -hmm. Charles has his own like biographies and his his own side has been put out there so the show is like really well researched obviously like certain moments like the dialogue Mm -hmm. and like sometimes the crown will do an entire episode that is like based off of something but if it had happened Mm -hmm. this way instead of that way but it's like like sunny said like it's kind of what happened and in terms of camilla and and charles and diana i saw an interview where diana said that there were three people in the marriage i mean so that came from diana's mouth i saw Um, so it just does seem to me like a lot of the stuff that the crown is covering seems to kind of have occurred that's the other thing too is like it's funny that now people are upset about it and concerned about it now that it's like approaching more modern times because before it was like more in the past Mm -hmm. now that it's getting close to people who are still part of like who are still present a big presence in the royal family it's like in the more scandalous stuff suddenly now they care and like sunny was saying like well some of it like, it does sound like what they were saying happened with the whole Camilla st- stuff. And it's like, if you were um, alive in the 90s, you were, you know that Diana is, like, a beautiful angel. <laughs> perfect. Unlike, you were like, earlier you were like, she's not a perfect person. And my mind was like, um, okay, well, she is. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, I'm a, like, I am a royal expert because I watched The Crown <laughs> And I also listened to a five-part podcast about Princess Diana. <laughs> so th- uh-huh. I am the most educated person in <laughs> the world about Princess Diana right now. Uh-huh. Sometimes the crown is like really, really accurate. And then other times it will just be like, we're doing a fantasy. So you never really know. So you do have to right. Google. Like they did an entire episode about this man named Michael Fagan who, and I can say that, who (laughs) broke into the queen's bedroom twice Mm -hmm. like just a common man um who was like down on his luck and he broke into the queen's bedroom one time and she wasn't there and then Mm -hmm. he came back and did it a second time when she was there like made Mm -hmm. it all the way into her bedroom while she was sleeping yeah and in the crown because he wanted to talk to her about like the state of the country got it um (laughs) in the crown They have this entire conversation where she sits down with him and, like, (laughs) listens to him. And it's like, wow, like, she is so amazing. Like, I can't Uh believe she wasn't, like, more afraid and, like, actually took the time to listen to him. In real life, she woke up immediately, ran out of the room. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, like, you can't, like, trust the crown. But sometimes (laughs) the crown is, like... (laughs) sometimes it's it's correct and i think generally with the charles and diana stuff it seems like that checks out with everything that has been said from their own mouths listening to you talk about this i would be willing to pay out of my own money thousands of dollars for you to have like 20 minutes to sit down with joy to talk about the crown (laughs) (laughs) yeah I've just finished all of The Crown, though, and I'm really sad because it really was my show. Like, and I also, like, I know Margaret Thatcher is very bad, but Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher is, I could watch that for forever. <laughs> and I was really getting into it. You know what? I haven't watched The Crown. Um, now that I have a couple of weeks off, I might, it might get to the point where I find myself watching The Crown. I just always thought that it would be dull but hearing about you guys talk about it you i'm when i say you guys i mean you enjoy talking about it <laughs> so invested i'm thinking maybe it is for me it is dull at times like sometimes like an episode will be just like super boring the 
first episode of the series is so boring. But the second episode, <laughs> you're on another continent and it's exciting. So like you just have to get through that. And there's many moments throughout the series where it's like it is super dull, but mm-hmm. they're like telling the story of something that really did happen. So you at least can Google and be like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. like that, you know, thing did happen. Yeah. Like, this is like me trying to pitch the city to people. <laughs> <laughs> Like the the like the, the first hill episode, like yes, the first episode is dull, but the second episode really goes there. Okay, well you know what? Maybe my gift to you this year will be that I'll watch the crown. Watch the crown and you'll learn. Watch the crown and just learn. I'd also like to talk about this Tom Cruise rant. Because Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise is filming Mission Impossible 7. I have never seen a Mission Impossible. (laughs) No mission is impossible (laughs) to me. If he's already done them six times, it feels like maybe they are possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seems quite possible to me. So he is shooting that right now or was recently Mm -hmm. and someone leaked this audio of him flipping the fuck out at crew i guess Mm -hmm. i guess it's crew could Mm -hmm. be another actor like we don't really know but it seems like he's flipping out at crew who are Mm -hmm. allegedly ignoring covid safety protocol i don't ever want to see it again ever and if you don't do it you're fired and i see you do it again you're gone that's it! No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their Because our industry is shut down. And allegedly, what the, what the uh, thing that they were doing was, was that two of the crew members who were wearing masks were standing cl- too close together. That is apparently what the issue was. That's crazy. That kind of... My entire thing with this was that I was yeah. gonna say the w- craziest thing about this is that we don't know what the person was doing mm-hmm. and everyone has passed judgment on this even mm-hmm. though no one knows <laughs> what the people were doing and if it's that they were standing too close together yeah then he it's needs those, to get real <laughs> it's one of those things that is like is the reaction like too much for what the thing was and so that's kind of what sarah was getting at and she was like i read what he said first but i didn't i didn't hear it i just read it and i thought okay yeah like this makes sense to me then when i heard the way that he delivered it i was like this no longer makes sense and his reaction is beyond what it should have been based on what the like the infraction was and it's like i keep going back and forth because yes it's horrible and no one it working especially someone who's like a a boss because he's like a producer or an executive producer on the show should ever be like talking to the crew that way then i'm like well yeah it is horrible if they were uh being reckless with the restrictions but if it really was that two people were standing close together it's like there's a better way to get the message across that isn't like screaming at people. I don't know. So he kept saying, I don't ever want to see you do that again. Mm-hmm. And then he said, tell it to the people who are losing their homes because our industry is shut down. Mm-hmm. And everyone on the panel, except for Sarah, as you mentioned, yeah, was like, I support Tom Cruise. <laughs> I get it. You know, that's his movie. And if he goes down with COVID, the movie's done. It's five, six weeks done. You can keep going. You can get a new camera operator. No disrespect to camera operators. You can get a new sound man, but you can't get another Tom Cruise. What I remember I said a couple of days that I've been in a rage for the past four years. I did say that. Mm -hmm. And what amazes me is that people are not in more of a rage, you know? But I believe that Tom Cruise completely justified in doing that. I'm on his side. You can hear the Scientology in his voice. (laughs) The way he's screaming at them, that is not okay in any circumstance. And I 
the reality of like if you're working on a film set right now is like uh-huh. you ha- if you're the type of person that is gonna fly off the handle and be screaming at everyone if they're standing too close together and you're Tom Cruise and you're a yeah. millionaire maybe you stay home <laughs> like maybe <laughs> you didn't need to do this and Whoopi's entire argument was like this film is built on the back of Tom Cruise like it's right. his franchise you yeah. can't do the movie without him so if he's not comfortable shooting it and the fact that on a film set people are going to accidentally be standing too close together yeah then he shouldn't be there shooting it and i'm sure he could figure something out (laughs) to not have to do it it. yeah it's like i mean there's so many unknowns that's why it does seem silly to pass judgment but it's just like there has to be a better way to address people that doesn't involve screaming at them like that for like a three minute long period the one thing that I wanted to address from the view is that Sunny was having horrible technical difficulties with her audio, which she acknowledged. And she was like, I'm having um, audio issues or like issues with my mic, so it might sound like I'm very far away. And it sounded like when we first started recording. <laughs> When we had to be separate from each other and we hadn't quite figured out the technicalities and I was like, oh, now I get how it felt (laughs) for our audience. Okay. Yeah. First of all, I sound like I'm a million miles away. Second of all, I agree with Joy. Tom Cruise was right to scream at everyone. Wow. Let me first say that I'm having technical difficulties, so I'm sure that I sound far, far away because my mic is not working properly. But, you know, Joy actually just changed my mind. I think he gets a pass for this. I, I, I totally have changed my mind within the last, like, five minutes. There are just... I think it comes down to there are people in this world, and especially people who work in TV, who do think that it's totally normal to scream and that is like a completely normal way to communicate. And then there are other people who I would like to believe is like the majority who would never resort to that, who think that that's an unacceptable way to communicate with people no matter what the situation. And I think that it's like, it just comes down to, well, Tom is one of those people who thinks it's fine to scream. I've worked with those people. I know those people. And then, but I know most people don't feel that way. I saw about 20 red flags in his delivery because only a Tom Cruise on a set could get away with that. Um, The one thing that I (laughs) can say I wholeheartedly agreed with that someone from the panel said was when Anna was just like, why are there not, why are there seven Mission Impossible movies? How old am I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, girl, first thing, let me tell you something. When I first read this thing, I thought, seven Mission Impossibles? Mission Impossible 7? How old am I? I want to talk about something I never thought I would want to talk about. Oh, Dr. Jill Biden. <laughs> because she's the incoming first lady, Mm-hmm. And there was this op-ed in the Wall Street Journal by, I believe his name was Joseph Epstein. And yeah. he advised the first lady that she should drop the doctor from her title. And he wrote that because she's not a medical doctor, she's a, she has a doctor of education. So it comes off as fraudulent <laughs> and whoopee. And everyone Uh was very, very mad. And they told him to go F himself, basically, which (laughs) I agree with. I'd also, I co-sign that. How dare you? I read your op-ed. You're just a, I don't know what to say. Sonny, did you, uh, how you feel about it? Am I crazy? (laughs) I was so outraged uh, when I read it because it just reeked of, of, of a misogynist. This guy has been a jerk since the 70s. He wrote a bunch of articles, uh, homophobic articles, or uh, uh, racist references. Who is this dude? Who is he other than a bloviating, misogynist, racist, homophobe? First of all, don't call her kiddo. She's not somebody you met on Tinder, okay? She's the next first lady of the United States. Well, here's the thing. Of course I'm not an idiot, and I understand that not 
all doctors are medical doctors. Mm-hmm. It's a very normal and common thing. Like, we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I want to say, I completely agree that this is a very misogynist take, as Sunny said. I agree yeah. with all of the women. And it's like, who asked? It's not like as if she asked. <laughs> yes. However, it's a little bit funny to me <laughs> that not that long ago, it was Whoopi who did, in fact, confuse Dr. Jill Biden for being a medical doctor. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, Stop. I, I, I don't like to speak ill of Whoopi, <laughs> but in May... Well, May of probably 2019, it was when Whoopi had the white dreads. So whatever year that was, I don't know what year this is. She said in May that she's hoping that Dr. Jill Biden becomes the Surgeon General. And then she said, because she's a great doctor. She's a great doctor, actually. I'm hoping Dr. Jill becomes the Surgeon General. His wife, because yeah, Joe, Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, she he would been, never do it, but she, she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was I a doctor like, in PhD. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, I, don't oh, I could know. be wrong. Maybe I thought she was. Yeah, I think she's, she's, she's oh. a teacher, but you know, <laughs> might might be good for Betsy DeVos's post. <laughs> yes, perfect. Oh my God, so she's like, funny. she's a hell of a do- of a doctor, and the audience is like, woo, yeah, we love Doctor Chill. <laughs> the way that the way that the no. co-hosts are being is like the way that I feel because they're like, oh, like we don't yeah. want to embarrass her. <laughs> like they're like, yeah, there's been a mistake, but. How can we fix this? And Sunny does a good job of fixing it, being like, "Yeah, no, she's a she has a PhD, but she, hey, it could be good for Betsy DeVos's position." Yeah, like what a good friend she's being yeah. in this moment. <laughs> also, the the funny thing is that Jonathan Carl is guest hosting, mm-hmm. I guess, which is like he has, through no fault of his own, just become an enemy of the podcast. <laughs> And, and, like, the people that listen to this podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> because he's just there all the time. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I can't believe that that happened. But now everyone is on the same page that she is. Uh, she has a PhD. She's not a medical doctor. We're all on the same page. When they were talking about this, Sarah, I don't think in my life i've ever seen her so passionate about anything any tight any take um (laughs) she was talking so fast that she was like someone who's like zooted at like a (laughs) preacher he covered the gamut on everything and i feel that the only way he can remain relevant is by being sensational so he sold his integrity at the door i had his number two minutes in and you don't need a phd in psychology to recommend recognize that he has a napoleonic complex i'm obsessed because joy like goes on her little rant about it and then at the end of her rant she's like but hey by the way he has the right to write any stupid thing he wants that's the country we live in and we have the right to tell him how stupid he sounds (laughs) as you all pointed out he sounds like a real beauty (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But he has the yeah. I just like to add one small thing. I you know, I, I think he has the right to write any stupid thing he wants. That's the country we live in and we have the right to tell him how stupid he sounds. <laughs> I just, you know, I like fully agreed with them, but I just thought it was funny how fired up they were getting to the point yeah. of just being like you little shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you what Facebook had to say. Oh god. I'm going to give them all doctor titles. Okay. (laughs) Dr. Crystal says, I'm sorry, but what about Dr. Phil? Shouldn't, should we stop calling him a doctor? Cause he didn't deliver babies. Dr. Biden worked very hard for that title and under no circumstances should she have to drop it. Yes. Just like Dr. Phil. I want to, okay, wait, I want to fact check something because years ago there was like a thing where people were like, don't call him Dr. Phil because he literally doesn't have a doctorate. So I think that that person's point is like, they made a point, they made (laughs) a different point. It's like, 
we absolutely should stop calling him Dr. Phil because he doesn't have the qualifications. And we have Oprah to thank for that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, wait. I misspoke. Allegedly, he has a PhD, but the thing is is that he no longer has a license to practice. So he's an unlicensed doctor who is exactly who you want. When you go into for (laughs) surgery and the surgeon is like, now, I went to med school, but I don't have a license right now. <laughs> do you still do the surgery? I don't know. It's like if someone has completed driver's ed, but they never got their license, are they more or less qualified than someone to drive the car? I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I can't answer that. Uh, Dr. Lakeisha says, big deal. At 55, she got her doctor in education. What's your proof of all her hard work? Were you holding her hand through her commitments? What does that even mean? Like, are they like doubting? They're doubting that she like deserved to get the doctorate. She got her doctorate, but who cares? How do we even know if she worked hard? (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Billy, Joe needs to talk to this gentleman man to man in a room alone to see if this man has a problem with his wife. No secret service, just man to man, because no one goes after my family. I agree. <laughs> Joe Biden should sit down with the person who wrote this op-ed, man to man. Dr. Eartha, if we know he is saying crappy, why do we bother <laughs> to dis- dissect it any further? That is 1000% my opinion. Dr. Susan, be pretty. But not too pretty. Be smart. But not too smart. Compete. But don't win. Be quiet. No. That's the part they detest the most, isn't it? A man would never have been scolded like that. Dr. Jill, use your title proudly. So I guess that's a TLC lyric. (laughs) I love that. It sounds like a tampon commercial but also, like, something I could have on a pillow. It sounds like Beyonce at the VMAs, like, about to sing a ballad, but doing a monologue first. She's gonna sing Pretty Hurts. Yeah. Dr. Jazzy. It all comes down to people are just haters. No matter how much they Mm -hmm. try to be so intellectual or their positions in life, the world is just full of haters. He is just a hater. What? an ass she spilled like that's that there's nothing more accurate than that Mm -hmm. and lastly dr sherry bottom line dude is an a-hole king (laughs) douchebag small brain with a small you know what having an a-hole king (laughs) having a phd and two master's degrees is awesome you go dr jill biden PhD. I love that. I don't if think that a... she has a PhD. <laughs> I think she has a a doctor of education. education. <laughs> yeah. Um if you were if you had that cuz not everybody has that. Not easy to get. But if you had that would you use like would you use the title doctor instead of mister? Well, yeah, if I was a professor at a university or mm-hmm. I was the first lady like yeah which she is both of those things <laughs> no i mean like yeah. she's a professor like yeah that's why she's been going by doctors because yeah. she's been teaching and like that's how students address their professors and like yeah if i got a phd like like where do people address you with titles in your everyday life like if that's i was thing, if i had like, a phd and i wrote a book yeah i would put doctor on the <laughs> author of the book like yeah but it's yeah, not it's like, like of course I would put it on my mail and like <laughs> <laughs> and like on my like official like stuff. But it's like I feel like it's not something that comes up all that often. So when it does come up, yes, do it. And like, why do you care that this man? How is it affecting his why life in any way, shape? This man, <laughs> <laughs> asshole king. Douche. Why is it af- like how is it affecting his life at? all in any way shape or form it's not so like goodbye i'm off (laughs) 
No, write about, <laughs> write about that, that in, in the, the Wall Washington Street Journal. <laughs> Here's another topic. So now that the vaccine is starting to roll out, there is mm-hmm. hope on the COVID front. But even though the general public won't be getting the vaccine for a while, there's already a debate going on whether over whether companies should require employees to take the vaccine, mm-hmm. which is actually something that you kind of relates to something that you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. which was... Do you think when when we go back to Cruise and Tango's gay bar, (laughs) will they ask us if we've been vaccinated? Yeah. So they were discussing, should companies be allowed to require employees to have the vaccine in order to come Mm -hmm. to work? And um, I really liked what Joy had to say, which was, America is a nation of babies. Whoopi hasn't put pants on for you know, well, 12 can weeks. Can I say so. what I think? It's, it's right. I, I'd like to say yeah, that this, please, this country, this country has become a nation. I've said it. they were sheep. Now I'm going to say there were there's so many babies in this country. It's like grow up, okay? No one's taking your freedom away. Stop sneezing near me. Stop breathing on me. I'm the one who's got the problem here, okay? Not you. If Unless there are mitigating circumstances in a company, like maybe you have an allergy to the vaccine, then they have to make special accommodations for you. I was a school teacher, mm-hmm. right? Okay, if I gave an, a homework assignment, you didn't have to do it, but then you got an F. Okay, baby, big baby? Yeah. yeah. Do the assignment yeah. or take the F. You big baby. Babies. <laughs> yes. Do your my homework. Literal, literally, my note for this topic is joy. Okay, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you don't have an allergy or some reason that would make it like unsafe for you to take, then like mm-hmm. then the majority of people should be taking yeah, it. Yeah, that's perfectly normal. And all of the co-hosts were in agreement about this because Jenny is no longer on the panel. <laughs> so... Everyone agrees that this is fine, but to some of our listeners, you may have recognized a little twist, which is that at the end of the topic, Whoopi Goldberg brings up something unrelated, which is that people recently have been putting people at risk by having these caroling protests. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was talking about those caroling protests that happened in California. Mm -hmm. And so she makes reference to how fucked up that is. Well, I I would like to put this out before we leave. You know, there was a a thing held in California uh, a few days ago or yesterday where people came out to sing Christmas carols. And it was a it was sort of done because they said, well, you know, California doesn't want you to celebrate Christmas. But I found it really disheartening that the people who set this up thought it was more important to make their point about singing Christmas carols to give the middle finger to the state of California than to protect the little kids who were there at this thing. No one had on a mask, by the way, and there were lots of little kids there. So it was more important to make your point, point your finger and say, you know, how dare you tell us what to do? Well, put a damn mask on. Because, you know, I'm sick of talking about your rights. Let's talk about my rights. My rights are as important to me as yours are to you. I don't want to get sick. Put a bloody mask on, man. But what Whoopi failed to mention is one important detail that... um, multiple people messaged us about and one person even left a voicemail so i'll re i'll play caleb's voicemail okay did you guys catch today on the view when Whoopi threw some uh major subtweet shade to uh candace cameron beret uh by proxy of her brother kirk cameron who just threw that crazy christmas caroling party in california uh just wondering what you guys think of that Yeah, so the person who is behind these caroling protests is none other than the Queen of Christmas's brother, Kirk Cameron. Wow. And 
that is a twist I didn't see coming. But then again, not that shocked because of who he is and because of Candace's yeah. Christmas reputation. But that being said, I don't know if Whoopi necessarily even if she knew would have all. connected the dots or right. if she even Candace must be so far in Whoopi's rear view mirror. <laughs> Does she even remember who Candace Cameron Bure is? Like I, who can say? So I wouldn't say That's necessarily true. that it's like subtweet shade, but it is Whoopi Goldberg calling out an incredibly mm-hmm. irresponsible idiotic man who is a creep yeah and who i hate yeah it's that's the thing is like it's actually impossible for us to know if this was only a coincidence or if she specifically knew who it was behind it and then second layer to that that she knew that she put the that she connected it that kurt cameron is candace's brother so it's really hard to tell but that is quite the twist that i didn't expect and i also it is nice to think (laughs) that she did know so kirk cameron organized this huge rally well he's done multiple now in thousand oaks california and literally the reason behind this is him being like uh the social distancing guidelines are trying to stop us from celebrating christmas and now we're all getting together to not be silenced and to share our love like he's basically being like this is a war on christmas and it's our god-given liberty to uh celebrate the birth of jesus and that's why we all should gather in large groups with no mask on and sing Christmas carols like fucking losers. Okay, Kirk, I understand this is not the first time you've held one of these outdoor caroling, uh, at least by media reports. This is how uh, I believe it's the mayor of Thousand Oaks responded to this saying, liberty and freedom are very fragile. They come with great responsibility. Continuing to hold large gatherings and ignoring all guidelines, I feel is unchristian. How do you respond? Well, he's no one to judge of someone else's faith. All I can tell you is that I'm looking around in my community and I'm seeing the devastation and the suffering of people whose businesses have been bankrupted, people dealing with anxiety, depression, suicide spiking, the abused being quarantined with their abusers. And I can't just ignore that. I love my neighbors and so I wanna give them hope. And we're offering a chance for people to come sing songs of hope. And that's exactly what people wanna be doing at Christmas time. There are like 500 people at this thing. And what there's the a video fuck? of them all singing Jingle Bells. And Kirk Cameron is walking around with his cell phone <gasps> filming them being like, yeah, Jingle Bells. There's so many people. It's so illogical to be like, yeah. everyone is suffering this year because of this mm-hmm. virus. So you mm-hmm. know what we're going to do to heal everyone? Uh, spread Host the virus. Host a super spreader event. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so deranged and out of touch with, like, what's happening. Like, he thinks he's the bubble boy and he thinks everybody else is or he just doesn't care and this is all selfish. Like, how do you do that and not... How do you see, oh, the reason why all of this is happening is because COVID keeps spreading out of control and then host an event that continues to spread it out of control? Like... (laughs) But he is like a seriously, seriously deranged and fucked up man. Like, all it takes is one quick Google. Like, he's not a good person. 3,000 people have been dying every day in the United States because of COVID. Like, how can you look at that and be like, but our Christmas carols. Where is Tom Cruise when you need him? Seriously. (laughs) Get down there and yell at those people. The real Mission Impossible is getting Kirk <laughs> Cameron to stop, to stop having his head up his ass. <laughs> stop the caroling Stop now. caroling. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for us. The view is going on hiatus now for Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday. Mm. And that means we get to rest. 
So thank you for listening. We are going to keep talking on our Patreon. So head to our episode description for a link to our Patreon so you can subscribe. <laughs> Make sure you're following us on social media at Deja the View Pod. We love a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. always feel free to leave us a DM and tell us what you think is going on with the view. Don't forget, we have a holiday special on the way very, very soon where we break yep. down Candace Cameron Bure's latest Christmas film. If I only had Christmas. And until then, everyone have a great day. And remember to take a little time to enjoy the crown. Watch the crown and just learn. Hit it, Abby. That's all, folks. See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. Join the hunt. Okay, baby. Big baby. Yeah. We'll bring you-